So let us begin. Yesterday, we saw up to verse 7 of chapter 1, and we talked about Israel and her transgressions. This is the first time I've unraveled the revelations of uh, Michael in this way. And yesterday, we focused on the event of Damascus. And the salvation that is talked about, written in the Bible, talks, it is only focused on the event of Damascus. And so there's no other way of salvation that is written or explained in the Bible. The only way that the, the, the saints of the Lord can live according to the Bible is to live through the holiness of the Lord. That is the promise written in the Bible. Our, own, our only goal as Christians is to follow the kingdom of, of, of the Lord. The Bible mentions nothing else for us to chase. So you must not be deceived. Because you have received and have been influenced by the world, you have been deceived. And that is deception. And you have to realize how deeply you have been deceived. And it's because you have deceived, the conclusion that you're, you have come to is that you think that you, your, your, your life is in shambles because you don't have money. It's because, and you think your life is tragic because you don't have a good background. And all these thoughts and all these deceptions came from uh, the Babylonian system, which chases and, and um, looks up to power. But you have to realize the reason why your life is in shambles, the reason why your, your life is tragic, is because you have not followed the Lord. Because the Lord created us in the first place to follow up after His glory, follow after His glory. And when you live by the Lord, when you follow the Lord, you will be satisfied with the life that you have, even though you may not meet the standards of Babylon. And that promise of creation uh, goes on until eternity, even after this world uh, is, is demolished. But because you cannot see that, that is why it is a problem for you. And that's why you continue to desire for the world. And that's why you still think the world can satisfy your needs. So you have to realize how great of a deception this is. And that's why the nobility of the Lord is not revealed in any part of your life. And God called us to be His Son. And that is the name that we have received after Jesus has, been, uh, has received the ultimate victory on the cross. We have been given this for free. So if we only are able to enjoy uh, the, the, the glory of the name of Jesus, then there's nothing else in the world that, that is um, even more precious than this. But why can't you see that? It's because you have continued to receive and desire for the world. So Israel as a nation, they have been influenced by the world. But even though they have been influenced by the world, they still hold on to their own nobility. They still hold on to their own calling as the, the firstborn, as the chosen people of God. So even if they stumble, they fall, they, they stand up again. And they, because they never actually let go of the Lord, but they have received the world nonetheless. 
But they still uh, not. They still uh, are technically living as the children of the Lord. But that is syncretism. That is being mixed. You guys understand what syncretism is, right? Uh, it's similar to synchronized swimming, where you know swimmers would would come together in formation and swim together. And that means being mixed. You could aircon zoom, kyo zoom. Aircon zoom, kyo zoom. Here, here, multi-shirt. And God really hates us being mixed. He truly hates us being mixed. And that's why in the Jewish laws it says you're not supposed to wear clothes woven from different fabrics. And all of us are wearing fabrics that are mixed. Even our underwear are mixed. And we're not supposed to plant uh, different, different plants on the same soil. Or even mix the food that, that uh, the, or the Jews. They're not even supposed to mix food with, with other foods. And that, uh, these laws just show how much the Lord hates us being mixed. But look at Korean food. Look at the Korean cuisine. Every food is mixed mixed with a bunch of ingredients and different, different uh, spices. And that's why I don't think God really in, uh, likes and is pleased with the Korean cuisine. But thankfully, God still loves the Korean people, even, even though he doesn't like the Korean food. And when did he start loving these Korean people? He started way before, in, in the beginning of this nation, during the, the Chosen Dynasty. I am. Um, I come from the Kim family of Gyeongju, and the Kim family. Uh, you can you can chase back our, you can ch- trace back our ancestry to find a couple kings, and because I come from a royal family, that's why I'm uh, ministering and serving the nation of Israel. Anyways, that was what we have talked about yesterday. Now, today we're going to be starting from verse 8 to chapter 2. And now uh, the second half of chapter 1 talks about the, the judgment that is going to come upon southern Judah. So now let's look at the proclamation of judgment upon southern Judah. Now the ten uh, cities of, of southern Judah are written in, in the second half of chapter 1. When Assyria came to conquer Israel, and these are the cities that have been uh, taken over by the Assyrians. In BC 71 is when uh, this conquest happened. And in Second Kings, you can see how uh, the, the enemy has demolished 42 cities of, of Israel. And out of those 42, the 10 most prominent cities are written in this chapter. So in that, today, as we talk about the names of these cities, uh, the, the writer, or, or Micah, is using wordplay in this chapter as he mentions uh, these, these cities. And because God is mocking Israel and he's expressing his wrath against Israel. So today, now let's look into the destruction of the ten cities of Israel. And I'm going to
going to talk about this in chapter 2 as well. Many people misinterpret the love of the Lord in this way. They think even if they sin, because the Lord still loves them, they are uh, out of the question when it comes to judgment. But when we say God loves you, God is God. It means that God loves uh, you, your new self. God loves you, the, the the you that is able to live according to His kingdom. But God hates evil. God hates sin. He cannot love sin, and that's why He's going to bring judgment upon sin and upon your old self. And sometimes, the reason why we receive judgment from God is because He loves us. He because He wants us to repent and return to Him. And God, in the same way, wants to keep and, and, and protect the holiness of Israel. He wants to protect and, and, and keep and defend the nobility of the children of God by maintaining their holiness. And so it is not love that God allows Israel to continue to get polluted while it, uh, they are being influenced by the world. That is not love. That is being uh, an Ill- illegitimate child. Let's, let's say you live by yourself. You live according to your own, own, own standards and you live as, as you desire. If God does nothing about, about that, then that means you have become an Ill- illegitimate, illegitimate child. No, the reason why God stops us when we're going off track is because He loves us. And so the judgment that is given to Israel, the judgment that is coming upon us is different than the judgment that is going to come upon the world. The judgment that comes upon us is to help us to keep our holiness, to keep the nobility that has been given to us by Jesus Christ. And this is an issue of the the nobility of His name. And it is about the nobility and the worthiness of Israel. And so if you enjoy the world and you're trying to earn money and and achieve success in the world and God uh, allows you to stay in that state, then that is a huge issue when it comes to your relationship with God. And very thankfully, uh, when it comes to your one church, nobody can live like that in this church because God does not let you stay in that state. And I myself can't let you stay in that state as well. A while ago, I let go of a church member that actually um, ranked in the highest place when it comes to offering uh, money to the church. Because uh, you have to realize that earning money and achieving success in the world is not the key to happiness. And sometimes I wait for those, uh, those kinds of people. But if, the t- if their time is up, and when, it, when God gives me uh, the sign, then I will let those people go because it is, not, it is not good for them to stay in this church as they continue to get hardened. And because the church of remnants has to keep and protect its holiness, we cannot allow these people to come and pollute and corrupt uh, the holiness of this church. This is the heart of the Lord. This is the heart of love that God has for uh, His people. So, if you're living comfortably as you chase after the desires of the world, then that means you have been forsaken by the Lord. So, 
the judgment of Israel has to be interpreted in this way, interpreted through love. It is not that God has forsaken you. It is not that God wants nothing to do with you. But once God chose you or chose, has chosen Israel, once you have been selected to become his child, then he's going to take responsibility for you until the very end. Even if it means to kill you, he will help you to protect and keep your holiness and nobility. Humans think that living a long life, uh, living a long and comfortable life is the key to happiness. But no, the key to happiness is seeing the God that is leading us and continuing to guide us in this life of eternity. The love of the Lord is, is, is helping us to stop our lives on this earth when we have reached our peak in, in holiness or where we have reached our peak in, in uh, being glorified. And so if something of your flesh is, is uh, blocking you from being, able to be, from, from being able to live that life of eternity, then you have to get rid of that issue. It is a fearful thing to uh, reject all this and live according to our own will. In Romans 1, 28, it says, it's that it is the most fearful thing when the Lord stops caring about us. So if the Lord is angry towards us, we have to receive that anger and return to Him. So the worst thing, the absolute worst thing that we can hear from the Lord is do according to your own will, do as you wish. Hopefully none of you are in that state. And you're here, you're probably here because you're not in that state. But anyways, let's look at the main text of today. In verses 8 through 9, it talks about the heart of the Lord. Verse 8. Verse 8. Because of this, I will weep and wail. I will... The eye written here is Micah. But simultaneously, it is the heart of the Lord. And we can see from this that God is not enjoying this, uh, enjoying uh, pouring judgment upon Israel. And you have to realize that uh, God is not peace at peace with, with being angry with us. But the reason why He pours His anger upon us is because of His love. When Israel is maintaining a right relationship with God, He never pours His anger upon them. That is when they have peace and harmony. But when they have lost the holiness of the Lord, that's when he starts to get angry with them. But God is never angry towards them, towards them with peace. So when you start to maintain a good relationship with God, after you have sinned, you know, even when we have a right relationship with the Lord, we, we can sin. people who had had this right relationship, after they have sinned, the, the heart that they would have was, what if, 
It's rather than worrying about what judgment will come upon you, you're worried about how much pain you have, you have brought upon the heart of the Lord. Because you're able to see the heart of the Lord rather than seeing, being afraid of the judgment or the consequences that will come upon you. And I'm sorry to say that when you, when you only have uh, concerns about the judgment or the consequences of sin, that itself will not help you to, to, uh, to, to um, help, help you to, to turn away from sin. Because that fear comes from the law, comes from legalism. And the only way we can overcome sin is from the grace of the Lord. We need to maintain a relationship of grace with Him. And so rather than thinking about the consequences of your actions, you have to think about what it, how much pain it brings to the heart of the Father. And that is, uh, that is uh, a heart of groaning. Look at the Beatitudes. And people who have lived by the Holy Spirit will understand that when, when your heart is corrupted, then the, the Holy Spirit will groan within you. In Romans 1.8, is that the, the Holy Spirit groans within you. When, you. when you hold into darkness within your heart, the Holy Spirit cannot stay put. And there are many reasons to this. But one of the reasons is because the Holy Spirit cannot let, let you be as your, your relationship with the Lord is broken. And it's because you're, you're deeply entrenched, uh, deeply, de- because you're living in the world and influenced by the world, it is that you're, you're, you're unable to see the heart of the Father. But when you start to live by the Holy Spirit and start to live by the Lord, you understand how, how, uh, how dangerous, dangerous and, and bad it is to allow this corruption to come into you. And later on, it becomes painful to, li- to live that life. And as it becomes painful, you start to you push it out of your lives. So let's say, for example, you, hate, you hated someone. As soon as you, ha- you realize that you hate someone, you, uh, hell, would, hell would begin for you. And then you will start to cry out to the Lord, say, Lord, help me. Help me get rid of these bad emotions. Because when the love of the Lord is within you, it is impossible for you to hate somebody. And that's why I say, after I have, I have met the Lord, I have never hated another soul. Because we, we are supposed to even love our enemies. So why the, how is it possible that you hate your brothers and sisters in faith? So I can see that many of you are still hating your parents, hating your siblings or your family, and it, because everything is the fault of others. And that is the characteristic of one who lives by uh, self-centeredness.
heart of uh, a mourning, heart of mourning is only given to those who are living by the Holy Spirit. People who are not filled with the Holy Spirit will not know how to mourn. Because they only imagine what it means to, to be tormented by, by uh, evil coming into them. They will look at others and say, why are they in pain? Why are they tormented? It's because they don't understand what it means to be under uh, the reign of the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, it talks about the new covenant. In the New Testament, it talks about the new covenant that has been given to us. So I think the enemy is attacking me, me right now. My, my nose is itching. My feet are hurting. What's happening to me? This is not my will. These are all distractions coming from the enemy. Be so, be gone. Maybe it's because uh, I haven't seen Pastor Lee in a while. I was afraid he left Soy Ministry. Because now the season, now is the season of separation, and so. But anyways. So, where do we left off? Hatred. Hatred. It is impossible for us to to live on while holding on to hatred. It is impossible impossible for us to neglect these things when it's present within our spirits. So the reason why it may be possible is because you're living for yourself. You're not living by the kingdom. We're living for the kingdom of God. And now I wanted to talk about a new covenant. In Ezekiel 33, it also talks about the... Uh, it's it written the prophecy about this new covenant. The Holy Spirit is, is dwelling within us. And what happens when He dwells within us? He gets rid of all, all things that are hardened within us. He gives us a soft and gentle heart. So when you live by the Holy Spirit... If something, even, even if a single uh, grain of sand comes into you, let's say, for example, you, you formed a bad relationship with somebody else. If you are able to maintain that bad relationship with that person for a month, for, for a year, then that means that is a clear sign that you are not living by the Holy Spirit. Because... Because the people, people who live by the Holy Spirit, they cannot endure that time of, of, of having a bad relationship with others because the Holy Spirit would not let them be like that. In the early churches, they did not let these things go lightly. Even, even if you didn't fight with a brother, even if you only had like a, a small quarrel, they would separate you and, and, and make you uh, repent and... and, and uh, reconcile with one another because they cannot allow that bad relationship to bring uh, corruption into their holy worship. So, uh, a true church of the Lord, everybody in this church, all the brothers and sisters are able to maintain a good relationship with another, with one another because everybody is under the reign, under the rule of the Holy Spirit. So there should be no separation, no exchangement no quarrels, no fights. But why is it present in this church? Why is it present in your churches? It's because you're not living with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And that is going to bring anger, uh, bring, bring anger to you by the Lord. And 
allowing fights to happen, allowing bad relationships to form in this church is a clear sign that you're living without the Holy Spirit. That's why you're unable to grow spiritually. That's why you're unable to minister. That's why you're unable to love one another. That's not the way, life. Uh, that's not the life of Christ. And since you're getting hardened in this way, you cannot repent anymore. And that is a great evil. And you have to realize that. But because you cannot hear the groaning of the Holy Spirit, the, the spirit of repent, uh, repentance will not come upon you. And so you think you're doing well, and you think you're in the right. So you only put the blame and the fall onto others. And every day you're only judging everybody and, and using discernment for your own benefit. So if you're not discerning the spirits that are acting upon that person out of love and out of caring, then that means you're using it for evil. And it is, it is uh, very bad for you. And the more you do that, the more this, this, uh, this uh, religious life is going to be embod- uh, become personified in you. So if somebody is mourning, then that person realizes the heart of the Lord. Because God never enjoys put, pouring His judgment upon Israel. He is always mourning for them. He is always uh, having compassion over them. In Isaiah 26, God tells uh, Isaiah to, to go and, and minister the land of Israel. So why do you think I work out? And Pastor Lee has, has gained a bit of weight, so it looks good on him. You know, since he became the head pastor of, of the Solid Rock Church, I guess um, his body is, 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 is becoming better. And the reason why I work out is because I need to stay in a good shape because I'm a very public figure. You know, it would look bad if I, I'm up here and having like a, a pot belly. But anyways, this is, uh, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about shame that comes to Israel when they lose the holiness of the Lord. But this shame does not only uh, go, go to Israel, but also goes to God who has became, become their father. So the shame of Israel is the shame of the Lord. And God is saying, don't you realize how, how uh, extraordinary is the glory that I have given to you? And how are you able to reject that, reject that life of glory and, and live according to the world? So this mourning and shame is given to Israel when they fall away from the Lord. So when I look at the people of this church as well, when they fall uh, under the influence of the world, when they turn away from the Lord, I want to say to them, don't you realize how great of a calling you have received when, uh, to, to come to this church? How great the glory of the God, glory uh, and nobility that God has given to you, that you are to let that go and, 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 and uh, follow after the world, which is full of emptiness and vanity. And verse 8 goes on to say, I will go about barefoot and naked, and I will haul like a jackal and moan like an owl. 
So I have never met a jackal or an owl. Or the Korean translation actually translates it to uh, um, an ostrich. But anyways, um, prophets, uh, being a prophet is not an easy task. Because uh, when you look at, at the prophets of the Old Testament, God trains his prophets in very uh, in various ways. And one of them, and and when when Michael is talking about jackals and owls and ostriches, he probably spent time in the wilderness with them, and that's why he can he can ex- he can make this uh, or metaphor. He can make this metaphor. And every night he probably cried like the jackal in the wilderness. So this prophet is crying like a jackal and howling like a jackal because he understands how heartbroken the Lord is. So think about uh, the people. Think about the people around this prophet. Every night, this this person is howling in the night. Think of how insane he w- he would have looked. But people who maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Uh, when you maintain that fullness, the heart of the Lord is instantaneously put into you. And that's why you understand how, how heartbroken he is. And you understand what it means to live in his presence. And you would be fearful for, these, uh, for, for the repercussions of your actions. And that's why you keep yourself away from sin. But if you're unable to realize, uh, the, the, you, if you're unable to hear the, the groaning of the Holy Spirit within you, then you take lightly uh, the sin that has entered you. And you, you're able to commit sin without thinking about, thinking about the consequences. And that is the spirit of religion. And that is very critical, especially against the leaders of the church, the pastors of the church. And pastors especially are most susceptible to the spirit of religion. And for the lay church members, it is the spirit of the world. Of course, pastors can also be influenced in the world when they are fallen onto religion. But when you're influenced by the world, especially the church members, you will be hardened like this. And we'll look more deeply into this in chapter 2. Now let's look at uh, verse 9. For Samaria's plague is incurable. So this means that when Israel sins, they the uh, spiritual scar uh, is opens up in in them, and that is the result of sin. And let's say you want to you want to gain money, but you can't you can't have this money. Then, then that means you have been uh, you have been influenced by greed, and you start to loathe the Lord for not giving you this money, and it is very. And when you're in this state of greed, it is difficult for you to separate your own desires from this greed. And so you start to hate the Lord and, 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 and be upset with the Lord for not giving you this money. And that's why, because you cannot separate yourself from these things, 
uh, you start to loathe the Lord and, and form a bad relationship with, with, with God. And so uh, when, you're, when you're being raised by your parents, if you've received an emotional scar from your parents, you develop a hatred for them. And that's why you start to get separated and be estranged to your parents. So in the end, all, uh, every, all the sins that you commit will bring a spiritual scar upon you. And that scar will bring separation uh, and division to you, between you and the Lord. So, people of God, as soon as evil comes into you, as soon as sin comes into you, you need to pray to repent and, and get yourself out of that situation so that it will not form a spiritual scar within you. And that is your spiritual duty to keep yourself protected. And if you're able to get rid of the scar as soon as it is formed, then it will not become an incurable scar or an incurable plague within you. But because uh, Israel has neglected that task and continued to wallow in their sins, this, their scars, their, this plague has become incurable in the end. So when you allow sin to be planted within you, at first it is, it is a little plant. It only grows a little plant, uh, uh, it is a, a baby plant. And you're, you're able to uh, get rid of that easily, just uproot it. But later, if you neglect that and, keep, and let it stay within you, that is going to grow into a huge tree, which becomes even more difficult for you to uproot. So every day you have to get rid of the, uh, this weed. When, it's, when, it's e when it is easier, it is way more difficult to get, uh, get rid of a, a tree that has deep roots. So now Israel realizes how big of a sin they have committed against the Lord when they have started to uh, uh, get married to uh, gen the Gentiles. And they have come to uh, a state where they need to get rid of they need to send away their wives and their children because they are mixed. It is like Jonah saying to Hannah, saying, because you are, you are unwell, because you are evil woman, I have to let you go. So he sends away Hannah and Judah to a faraway country because they are impure. So do you think that is... Do you think that is possible? Then Judah will hold on to the pants of, Ju of Jonah and say, Daddy, why are you doing this to me? Don't you love me anymore? So the, the only possible way that, that Israel was able to do this was because the great revival that came, up, came upon them at that time. When they realized what they have done wrong in the eyes of the Lord, that, that's, what, that's when they're able to... Um, make things right again, even though how, even if it is very difficult. So, real, so you have to realize that um, a lot of pain comes to you when you try to, to make things right. I've talked about this in Romans as well. Uh, uh, when you're in a, uh, uh, um, when you're in the mafia and when when you're an active member in the mafia and, and when you want to get out of that organization, you have to pay the price of, of leaving that organization. And some, one of the mafia, they require you to cut off all the skin on your knuckles. 
So it brings a lot of pain. You have to pay the price for leaving that organization. Likewise, when you, when you are leaving evil, when you're getting rid of your sin, there comes a price that you have to pay. And the more you, the more you have neglected that sin, the more difficult and painful it is going to be for you to, to be separated from it. So if you neglect greed within you, then it is going to be uh, just going to be a matter of time before you get estranged from the Lord. When you realize that your God has become Baal, it is already too late. You know, once you have uh, you, you have been diagnosed with cancer, it is already too late because you're only you're already at stage three or stage four of cancer. It is too late. It's too late for you to be cured. And it is the same. Once you realize your sins, once you realize that God has become ball for you, it is, it is too late for you. So that's why it is very important for you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that you can catch these things in the beginning. Do not neglect these things. At the very least, you have to realize what spiritual state you are in and realize what evil has come into you. At the very least, I'm not talking about a great spiritual state or a great spiritual level. As children of God, because the Holy Spirit is within you, when you let the Holy Spirit come before you, you will, you will understand all these things. And that's why I'm saying that, that, that when you build your own world around you, it is so dangerous. It's because you become numb to the things of the Holy Spirit. You, don't, you do not realize how angry God is towards you. You don't know what kind of attitude God has uh, about you at the moment. So you don't know what to do. You don't know what to repent. And you create divisions in the church. You're polluting the church. You do not realize how much anger this brings to the Lord. You have no idea. And that's why you cannot repent. It is because you have been hardened. So scars needs to be uh, cured or cured when, when, it, when it is formed, when it is still curable. And this scar, had, this plague has spread to Judah. And it has reached the very gate of my people, even to Jerusalem itself. In, in Jerusalem is the center, it's the headquarters of Israel. It is the spiritual center within us as well. And when this, when this plague has reached its, its center, then that means you're only, the only thing that you're, you're waiting for is to receive judgment from God. So now let's look at these, uh, these fortresses. So, from, from because you can see how uh, how precise the how precise the, the the prophecy of Micah is because later in Jewish historical records you can see that all these cities, all these castles or fortresses have been conquered by the enemy. And that is the importance of the prophet. So hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping that a prophet, a great prophet like Micah, will rise out of Yerbang Church or even Zoe Ministry. 
uh, prophets who are very precise and sharp and keen in their prophecies. Because when a prophet like that presents him or herself, my, my ministry will, will expand even further. So that's why I have a deep desire to meet that prophet. I need one more person. Because in a generation of revival, next to the apostle was always uh, a minister of worship. So I need a great minister of, pro- uh, of worship to be by my side as well. So hopefully that person will, will surface soon. You know, a person that is able to uh, follow the anointing of the Lord. So ministry is not done by me, like I always say. It's done by the Holy Spirit. It's done according to the trend, the spiritual flow of the Holy Spirit. What message to proclaim, what worship song to lift up, what ministry to do, is all done through the, the spiritual flow of the Holy Spirit. So when you live by the Holy Spirit, all this is possible. So let's finish quickly. First, it talks about Gath. Gath is a, is a city in, in the... It's a city of Philistines. Philistines? Gath. Uh, the meaning of Gath is to inform. So even though Gath is a city to be informed, now look at what Michael is saying. He says, tell it not in Gath. Weep not at all. So even though they're supposed to know how mournful they're supposed to be, the irony is they do not know. And they're living their lives without knowing uh, what is very important, what is so important for them. So even though everybody else realizes, everybody else is informed, the cat does not know. And, and next, next is Beth Ophrah. And it's a combination of the word Beth and Ophrah. Or Beth and Ophrah means dust. So it is the house of dust. So Israel has become a house of dust in the eyes of God. And in, in historic times, when you put ash over yourself or put dust over yourself, it is usually uh, a, a, a symbol of great pain or great tragedy, tragedy that has come upon the family. Next is Saphir. And Saphir means beauty. But now look, they have been stripped naked and in shame. Their beauty has been taken away. And Jerusalem, or Israel itself, is a, is a nation of beauty. Because there's beauty in the name that God, in, in the name that God has given to his, his, uh, his people. But now they have been brought shame because of, they have been stripped naked. Because they have uh, sold all this great nobility that God, that God has given to them. And next, uh, the city of Zainan. And Zainan uh, uh, signifies a herd of sheep. And this herd of sheep is supposed to go out to the pastures to, to enjoy uh, their, the, 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 the greens. But they're unable to come out. 
And so they're met with uh, poverty. Now, as you know, uh, one of the, one of the prophetic books talks about Hezekiah being encaged in a in a in a cage. And some of you are in that spiritual state where you're where where you're bound. So chicken farms, chicken farms, uh, when, when these little chick, chicklings hatch, they would put them under a dome or a cage so that uh, their their uh, boundaries are limited. So even when they grow into a full chicken. Uh, even though they're no longer under this dome, they, they won't allow themselves to go out of that boundary because they think they're unable to do so because their minds are already, uh, 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 their minds are already set like that. And that's the same as, they, that's, it is the same thing for spiritual bindings. When you're bound in this way, you're limited. And even though that boundary is no longer limited in you, you're unable to go over that limitation. But on the other hand, if you're able to eat the word of the Lord, if you're able to receive that word in faith, then you would, you would experience spiritual growth. And that is 90% of, of uh, what is required in spiritual growth, is receiving the word of God in faith. If you're able to do that, then there would be no issue in you, for you, no issue, issue for you uh, when it comes to living with God. Because the word of the Lord is light, and so he's going to help you realize the evil within you. And because that word is a, is a sharp sword, it's going to come and cut away that evil. And because the word itself is the representation of the love of God, we can continue to enjoy his love and presence. And because the word of the Lord is his wisdom and revelations, he's going to help us to be filled with his wisdom and understand uh, his secrets. And so, uh, 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 in this relationship that you have with the Holy Word of the Lord, it allows you to, to live as a new covenant being. And through this new covenant, we are not only His people, we are His heirs. We are His glory itself. Because all this is done and, and fulfilled through the promises, through the word of the Lord. So if you have received the word of God correctly, in the right way, then there's no issue for, in your glory. You will, not be, uh, you will not be caged. You will not be limited. So now let's move on. Where should we go next? Beth Ezel is, uh, is the house of protection. You know, God has given his name to Israel, and that's why God always protects Israel. But now his protection has been lifted. And that's why the enemy can come at the, as, as they wish to come and uh, strike this land. We are also a spiritual fortress because the Holy Spirit resign, uh, dwells within us. So we're supposed to reveal and manifest the, the glory of the Lord wherever we go. And we are also simultaneously protected by the presence of God. But if you neglect the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit leaves you, then that means you're, you leave yourself wide open for the enemy to come and attack you. In Romans 18, it says that the evil one can, come, can no longer touch you. But in reality, we are constantly under the attack and the oppression of the enemy, and we are under his control. 
but that is because you are not allowed the Holy Spirit to manifest within you. You have to realize that that you are you, that royal blood is coursing within your veins, and that is and and that you are a noble being in the eyes of God. So you cannot allow the enemy to come and take over you. So realize that realize how tragic it is for you to sell your birthright to the enemy. You are not tragic because uh, of your limitations in the world. Think about what I went through as I lived for the past 33 years in God. Uh, we have five, five PhDs in this church. I have read countless books. And just looking at that, uh, we have, I have done nothing. I have done nothing. All I did was read a couple of books and pray to God just a little bit. You know, compared to, the, to uh, my great spiritual seniors, my prayer life isn't even that, that great. But there's one thing that I have lived uh, in a similar way to, to these spiritual seniors, is that I have prayed in my own room. But, when I, in, but, uh, but through that life, God has led me up to this point. And everything else was, was achieved through His through his help. But the problem is for you young people is that you, you try to study and try to do everything by yourself and you end up being able to do, you, you end up achieving nothing. So either choose to just study and, and try to do everything by yourself or, or put down everything and just follow the Lord and have him do everything for you. It's one out of the two. It's because you try to do both that you end up uh, achieving nothing. So, it is not separated. When you live by the Lord, when you fully devote yourself to God, then everything else will be given to you by Him, whether that be money or, or academic achievements. So that's why it is important for you us to live uh, by the Lord. What's next? Uh, verse 12, those who live in merit live in pain, waiting for relief. In Exodus 15, uh, it talks about the bitter plant, and the word merit means bitter. So now uh, God is saying Israel is going to get a taste of how bitter uh, his judgment is going to be, which is um, written as disaster here. So do not let yourself become a, spirit, become a spiritual state where you have to receive this disaster, receive this judgment from God. <laughs> so I have to go on to chapter 2, but we're still in chapter 1. I'm uh, wrapping up the things that we have talked about yesterday. You have to realize that we are not supposed to receive this judgment from God. And some of you may say, oh, I'm never going to allow myself to become like that. But that is not your choice. 
Your choice is either you're going to live with God or you're going to live for yourself. That is the only choice that you have. So if you choose God, then you won't, be, you won't come to this result. But when you choose to live for yourself, at some point, eventually, you're going to come to this point. You have never been to jail, right? Ask all the people who have been to prison. Did, did you want to be here? Did you choose to be here? None of them will say, I have chosen to come to prison. They have come to prison because of the lifestyle that they have chose. It's because they have lived like that, that they end, ended up in prison. So everything is up to us to, what, uh, up to us to choose which direction that we want to go. So God didn't require us to, to read the Bible for 10 hours a day or even pray to Him for 10 hours a day. All He said, all He wants, us, wants from us is to face Him, to live for Him. But we are so foolish to not even do that. How come you can't even, how, how is it that you cannot even face the Lord? Aren't you going to school today? So if you go to school, then all you're looking, all you're facing is the school, your direction. You know, it's, fa- it's facing towards your academics, towards uh, achieving success, getting, getting you know, uh, expensive and fancy clothing in the shopping streets. When my wife was attending Ihua University, and Chungman was, was, was on his way to, to get his mother when she was studying in Ihua, Ihua University. So I, w- I was also going with my son, holding hands with him and waiting for my wife on the front gate. And I looked at Chuman. I saw Chuman was just was gazing around the area and I asked him why he was doing that. And I realized that it is because the women that were attending that school were all wearing knee skirts and, and all the legs were exposed for everybody to see it. I saw Chuman was just watching their, their pale white legs. And I started to get concerned because I got worried for the professors of Iwa University. You know, all the women, when they go to class, they would be, they, they, uh, all, the, all the professors would see would, would be the crossed legs of the, of the girls in his class. So I wondered how they can stay focused. So you have to do well or just, you know, quit school. I think quitting school would be good for you. Nothing good is going to come out of uh, you being there. You know, it's better for you to keep your spirit, spirit pure rather than getting a degree. So think about it. But I guess your desire for, for success is greater than your spiritual desire. But anyways, uh, next, verse 13. You who live in Lakis, harness fast horses to the chariot. Lachis is one of the most important cities of Jerusalem. And before we talked about... Uh, but the Lachis is, is mentioned a lot in the Bible. 
And Lakis holds the meaning of conquering, to conquer. And Lakis was a city that was that was responsible for 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 uh, raising and training these battle horses. So it was kind of a military center for Israel, but now it says Lakis. Uh, you are where the sin of daughter Zion began, for the transgressions of Israel were found in you. So when the Bible says, uh, it, what, what the Bible defines as evil, the first definition is, is, is living for yourself. And that is written in the book of Habakkuk. When the Bible says evil, that evil is talking about living for oneself. And Lakish is talking about the power that, that the people use to live for themselves. When you live by Babylon, whether you're aware of it or not, instantaneously you start to, uh, you start to praise and worship the power of Babylon. And so you, you strive for power. So if you do not live by the, uh, by the kingdom of God, then that, this is the spiritual system or the spiritual order that you're living in. The world requires you to kill somebody else for you to gain strength and power. Why is uh, Sister Kuonjong's life like that? It's because there's so many others that are more talented than she is. And so the only way that she can excel in the world is to destroy the professors that are around her. But the reason why she cannot excel in the world or excel in her school is because she couldn't destroy her surrounding professors. I'm telling you the secret for you to be successful. So it's not too late for you. Destroy them. So even if you don't say these things, or even if you don't think about these things, but if you're under the influence of the Babylonian system, then you will follow the spiritual trend of the, of the Babylonian system, where you need to kill somebody else in order for you to succeed. So the more you're influenced by Babylon, the more you will follow the system. So this is why I always tell our, our CEOs that the kingdom of God cannot only be remained in the church, but you have to bring that kingdom wherever you go, especially in your business meetings. Because, because if you don't do that, then you will start to, uh, to, to bow down before the Babylonian system and start to chase after money, chase after power and positions. Why do all the nations of the world uh, brag about their, their, their military power when it comes to Independence Day? It's because they think that power is going to... to, to uh, that power is something to be proud of. Think, uh, look at Alexander. You know, he went on a conquest to conquer the world. But he went to some, some uh, shabby town. But that town had no intentions of defending themselves against the, the, their armies. So he looked carefully at that town. And he looked at the tribe leader or the town leader. And he was, he was in court and trying to judge between what is right and wrong. 
And uh, a person, so one person, one party found a gold nugget in the in the in the ground on on a ground that is owned by another person, and so they were debating. They were debating who uh, to who this this golden nugget belongs to. But the thing is, each person was saying that it belongs to the other person. Because, and one person was saying because you found it, it belongs to you. But the other person was saying because I found it in your land, it belongs to you. And so Alexander asked asked Alexander asked that tribe leaders. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, uh, but the tribe leader asked Alexander on the other hand, said, "What will you do?" And Alexander said, "People will find things for themselves. They never, they never argue about it. Just take it for the for themselves." And so Alexander, being touched by the the moral ethics of that of that town, he let he let, he let that town uh, be without taking over it. But anyways, we have to realize that <coughs> we shouldn't chase after the powers of Babylon because it is not necessary for us. When we look at the overall picture, the more we chase after power, the more we chase after achievements in the world, the more we will diminish the image of the Lord within us. Because the more you live by Babylon, the more you will lose sight of the image of God. And you will become like the beasts of the, of the wild. You will live like wild beasts. So no matter how, how fancy or how flamboyant the world may seem, they're all living like beasts. They all stink. So that's why Lakish has become the center of sin for Daughter Zion. Because they, they praise their own strength. They live for their own strength. They live by their own thoughts, their own methods, their own relationship, their own will. Everything belongs to themselves. So there's no space for the Lord to intervene. And likewise, when we chase after the world, that, that is what happens to us. We don't allow an opening for the Lord to come in and take over us. Only when we're under the rule of the Lord can we be glorified. But we don't do that because our eyes are blinded. And now we have to see what is important. That's why for the past 20 years, I've been preaching this ordination. You have to let go of your own thoughts, let go of your own ways, let go of your own methods. Every day you have to, you have to reject yourself and deny yourself before the Lord and allow Him to come and rule over you. But if you have been, uh, been diligent in the task of denying yourself every, every day, then, that, then you would have been glorified already. But because you have rejected that task, that's why you have been taken over by your own desires. And even, even though you have become a wild beast, you have become a monster, you cannot see that. You don't realize that you have become a monster. And people like that, even when they come to pray, they pray like this, I want to become a man. They have become a monster. They pray like that because they are a monster. They want to become a man again. <laughs> you gotta 
you gotta mimic whatever, whatever I do because I won't get embarrassed by myself. <clears throat> you know, I'm preaching for a long time. I need some sort of entertainment. So you gotta follow my steps. What's next? Verse 14. Morsheth Gath. Morsheth is the, the hometown of Micah. Like I said, Gath. Gath is just a, 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 a regional name. Morsheth means uh, to possess. So God wasn't in possession of Israel. But now he says, I will give you a parting, a parting gift. Now is the time for them to uh, bid farewell to the Lord. So parents, think, think, imagine uh, selling your children. Think of how painful that would be. But now, God, this is what God is saying to Israel. I'm going to part with you. And the town of Akzib will prove deceptive to the kings of Israel. Akzib was also a city in, in Judah. And it holds the meaning of deception. Akzib means deception. So now... Uh, so the kings of Israel are deceived. Some of them think that Assyria is great. Some of them think that Babylonia is great. They think, in the end, they're being deceived into thinking that the world is greater than God. But if you hold on to your faith, you will know exactly what God wants from you. So when David saw Goliath, when Israel saw Goliath, they trembled before him and saw themselves as grasshoppers. But when David saw Goliath, he said, you are, you are my feast. And he didn't despair because he knew that God is greater than even the greatest warrior of the Philistines. So even though... So when you're deceived in this way, when you're living by unbelief, you walk on the path of destruction. And even when you have made a thousand right decisions, if you make that one wrong decision, that means you have been deceived. But what is, be, what is living by belief? What is living by faith? It means even if you have made a thousand mistakes be, before, if you, cho- if you choose to right, walk on the right path now, then that means you're living by faith. What is written in Proverbs? Even though you think the, the, the thoughts of man may be correct, that is going to lead you to destruction. So that means if you live by your own thoughts, and you live according to your own thoughts, that... That way of life is going to make you walk on the path of destruction. So every day if you live for yourself, if you live by your own thoughts, if you, if you live for other people, then you're going to be walking on the path of destruction. That means you're only living for humanism and not living for faith. Can you see yourself right now? If you're unable to see these things within you, then uh, that is a huge issue. Faith is what allows you to walk on the right path. And you're able to see things that are unseen because faith is the, is the, is the reality of, of, of hope, is bringing hope to your, your lives. 
And so you have to see, when you live by faith, you'll be able to see things that were invisible before you. Before. And, and you're able to touch things that are untouchable. And that's why you have to shut the eyes of your flesh and open up your spiritual eyes. But if you're deceived, if you're living a faithless life, then this, this will be impossible for you. You will, you will only live according to your own judgment. You will live according to your, 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 uh, your, your uh, five senses, the things that you hear, the things that you smell, the things that you see. And you're living a life of tragedy if you're doing that. The more you do that, the more your relationships will also be bound. People who have immorality can never have authority over, pe- uh, over relationships because their relationship with people are always bound, are always mixed. So that's why they cannot utilize this authority over people. So only when you get rid of uh, your, your scars of immorality can you receive uh, this authority over people. Let's say I never met Sergio. Would I, would I have been able to, to, to reach uh, Latin America? I would, have ha- I would have been forced to study Spanish myself and try to preach to that land with my broken Spanish. But because of Sergio, I'm able to go all over, all over the world just to, to preach and to minister. And of course, Sergio wasn't perfect and he's still on, uh, getting better. But this is the importance of authority over people. Imagine if I had never met uh, Deacon Sogor, then I would have tried to preach in Chinese even though I, I don't know how to speak, speak Chinese. But because I met her, I'm able to reach all the Chinese-speaking nations around the world and gather remnants in those nations. And of course, Sogor, Sister Sogor is also not perfect, but that doesn't matter. Where's David? Friend David, I think it was better for not meeting him. But anyways, every church member is, is the same. What, ha- what would have happened if I had never met Pastor Yunzhong? I'm very thankful that Pastor Yunzhong has come to this church and was trained and, and even, uh, even uh, ordained in this church. But since you're sitting in the front, uh, I'm going to mention you, and that is, what would have happened if I never met Sister Song Gaeyong? Would it, would, it, would it have been better for me? I'm not sure. But anyways, let's move on. Verse 15, I will bring a conqueror against you who live in Marisha. The nobles of Israel will flee from Adullam. Well, flee to Adullam. Marisha means uh, conquer. So that is confidence. We are supposed to live with confidence, spiritual confidence, because we belong to the Lord. So Marisha also holds the meaning of being possessed. So what is, what is the... We can have comfort in knowing that, that we, are, uh, we are, have been taken possession by the Lord because of His love, and that God, the Creator God has taken responsibility for us. And in Romans, Paul says we are more than conquerors. It is because of His love. Who can take us away from the love of God? And that's where we can have, we can be confident in all things. And why do you think we spend so much money in every conference? Is it because we have a lot of money? No, we don't have any money in our bank accounts at the moment. 
we have zero money, but we have confidence. I say, uh, I invite all the people from, from, from Latin America or from Central America to come to our conferences because we know that God is responsible for everything. Right now in this church, we, we're, not, uh, we don't have, we're not gaining numbers in, in, in church members. We're gaining numbers in, in ministers. And how are we going to feed all these ministers in the, in the future? No, I don't, I don't think about that because I know that God is going to feed us. God is going to take responsibility for everything. So one of the worship songs that we sing, sing often talks, talks about how we are in possession of God. And when we know that, we have, we, that God is responsible for us, we can be confident. And when you know that God takes responsibility for everything, you can, you can live in faith, and you can do all things, and you can be confident in all things because God is in charge. And that's why we're not worried about the, uh, the money that goes into this confidence. We invite everybody over. How can you survive in this day and age without this faith? Do you think you can be responsible for your own lives? No. No. Don't think like that. So, what about it, Pastor Hamnanyong? You know, you're not married. You don't have a husband to take care of you in your older, in your older years. So, how can you live like that? But sometimes it's a blessing to not be married. You know, sometimes it's difficult to live with a spouse. Anyways, you need to live by faith. Where to next? So now Israel has become a state where God no longer takes responsibility for them. So it says the nobles of Israel will flee to Adullam. So the most noble thing that God has given to Israel is His glory. And glory, when it comes to the Bible, is only written for when it, when it comes to the Lord. It is the authority of, of the king, the glory of the king. It talks about his power, his authority. So when the king moves, he manifests glory. And in the Bible, it's, when he promised Israel, uh, when he has taken Israel to become his people, he said, I have given you my glory. And for us in the New Testament, God himself has come into us, and that's why we have his glory within us. We have his glory within our temple. In Hebrews 12, 22, it says the kingdom of God has come over us, and he has, come, he has been enthroned in the church. He is in charge of the church. He is the head of the church, and he, and he, he rules through the church upon all creation. And the glory itself has come into you. And so you need to always be in awe and be inspired by the glory of the king. And you must always uh, rejoice in, in meeting him each and every day. And so if you're able to live by, by faith and live by the Holy Spirit, then you, you will manifest and reveal more of his glory in your lives. But the less you do so, the less you will be able to do 
to, to, to enjoy that glory. But now Israel has come to the point where it is over. They have to flee to Adullam because now is the time of destruction for Israel. So if the church loses, loses glory, or if glory is shut off from them, then that means they have lost, uh, they have lost every meaning for their existence. So what is the point of the church? The point of the church is to enjoy the glory of God. In Romans it says, it says this glory brings us liberty, brings us freedom. And, and the glory written in Colossians brings us power. And then he says, God tells us, he, he says, you are my glory of praise. Or you are my praise of glory. So this is why we have to give our life for God because of, because of the glory. So when the Holy Lord moves, He also manifests His glory everywhere He goes. So when, when holiness is moved, His glory is also moved within us. So people of the Spirit are able to see this every day. When I go to Costa, Costa Rica, glory manifests in, uh, in Costa Rica. When I go to China, glory manifests in, in China because this is the promise of God. And that's why the enemy trembles before us. And does that only uh, belong to me? No, to all these children, God has given this authority. So wherever you go, wherever you touch, you have to be able to manifest the glory of God in, on that land. Wherever you move, the heavenly hosts move with you as well. So you have to be sure of this. How can you live without confirming of this glory? Why do you go to church then? Why do you go to church without knowing of this glory? Verse 16, shave your head in mourning for the children for the children in whom you delight. Make yourselves as bold as the vultures, for they will go from, from you into exile. And like we said before, uh, the shame of Israel is the shame of God. And to, to um, represent their shame, they have, sha they have to shave their heads in mourning. And of course, this is talking about Prophet Micah and not about the, the entirety of Israel. So prophets are, being a prophet is a difficult job. You know, you have to be naked. You have to, you have to live with the wild beasts. You need to eat uh, whatever, what little God gives to you. And now you have to shave your head and go bald because of the sins that, uh, because of the sins of your people. So tonight, everybody please come with your head, with your heads shaven, shaved, shaved. So if everybody's bald, then you really have nothing to look to. Or as representatives, will the two of you just shave your heads? Well, I'm very curious to see what the Lord will do for us when we do that. No, you just have to get married wearing a wig, right? It doesn't matter. Can you sacrifice yourself for the entertainment of your head pastor? You know, the whole, whole conference would change. The atmosphere would change if you do that. So I will expect something from you. So the life of a prophet is not easy. Now you have to shave your head. But the judgment of Israel is a shame in the eyes of God. Israel. 
when Israel is unable to live a, a life of glory, then that brings the uh, brings pain in to the heart of the Lord. And that pain goes not that pain goes to the Lord first, even before it comes and affects us. So that's why, like I said before, people who live by the Spirit will realize, people who live by the Spirit know the heart of the Lord, and that's why they can realize that when they do something wrong, when they have accepted evil, it, it, it brings pain and agony into the heart of the Lord. And when you live by the Spirit, even when somebody else comes to attack you, 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 you do not hate that person, but you, but you, start, you get angry against the spirit that has acted upon you or upon that, per, upon that person. So if you, if you have hatred for somebody else for their actions, then that means you have been deceived by the enemy. Because the Lord, even though we have, we have sinned against the Lord, we have committed a crime against God, He still loves us. And so we have no right to, to, be, to hate our brothers and sisters. So right now, even, even though God is, pouring, God is pouring His judgment upon Israel, He still loves them. And that's why it is, it is, it is very, uh, he, it is a shame that He has to bring, uh, bring judgment upon the people that he, love, he loves. And He's saying, how is it that you, you hold the, 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 the treasures of the world even more precious than the gifts and the, the grace and the blessings that I have given to you? And since his children has turned, have turned away from him, he cannot stay put. He cannot neglect them. He has to do something about that. And that's why he is pouring his judgment upon his people. And prophets are people who know of the Lord's heart the most. And that's why they cannot live and be active for a long period of time. Because it is very... It is, it is very... Um, Intense for them to continue to receive the heart of the Lord at all times. So it is. It is wrong for you to think that Jesus Christ came to die for everybody. Of course, in some every anyone who believes in uh, anyone who believes in what he did and accepts Jesus Jesus as his savior, uh, are able to become his child. Are able to receive salvation. But God died for all those who are willing to come to him. Those who are willing to receive this blessing. Those who are willing to receive his his love. And, and accept him as a savior. So make yourself as bold as the vulture. As you know, the vultures are the kings of the skies. And there's a prophecy that talks about how God wants. God wants to cover us like an eagle covering his his birdlings, his, his 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 babies. And the eagle takes responsibility, takes care of his his, his offsprings uh, until adulthood. So likewise, God wants to protect us and keep us and and soar with us uh, until eternity. The vultures. Um, 
vultures are eagles that are bald. So out of, out of all the eagles in existence, there are the, 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 the eagles that kind of represent shame and things that are vile. So now we have concluded chapter 1, and we're going to pray before we go into chapter 2. So I have already gone off schedule starting yesterday. So we still have a little bit of time before it is 1 p.m. So let's pray before we go to chapter 2. the love of the Father and pray to receive his heart. And in this conference, you have to realize how important it is for you to, to get rid of your own worlds. If you make your own boundaries, if you make create your own world around you, then that means that means everything that you do, especially when it comes to spirituality, will be done through your own strength. But if you get rid of your own world, and you, when you allow the Lord to come and take control of you, and you allow the Lord to come and move you, then you are able to do all things in Him who gives you strength. So you have to realize that your surroundings, your background, the people around you should not have influence over you, should not move you. So right now, Yerbang Church is not a huge church. But the reason why we can hold these conferences is not because of our wealth, not because of our power. If God is not the sovereign God of this church, then we would not have been able to manage this ministry. We cannot take responsibility for, for, for the 150 people that are going to attend the Israel, Israel conference from, from Central America. So this is not about power or money. It is about who is moving the church, what is moving the church, or what is moving you exactly. But if you live with your own world, then you will move according to your situation and your circumstances. If you have money, then you will do something. If you don't have money, you will do nothing. If you have somebody to help you, then you would, you would do something. And if you don't have somebody, then you would just stay by yourself. To those people, to those people, um, um, they only live with formality. And they will be constantly worried about the things of the flesh. You know, what if I go bald? Do I have to, to buy a wig? These are the things that you will be concerned about. But things of the Spirit, when people who live by the Holy Spirit, they're not controlled by the emotions. They're not controlled by their surroundings or by people. When I minister somebody, I do not minister out of my own emotions, especially in Hindu ministry. I don't take pity or compassion because of, of their diseases or because of their broken legs. And I don't even think about the situation, how long they have been in, in, in this pain. 
All I do is I look at them in faith, and I proclaim upon their body to be healed. And as soon as it ha- I, I proclaim uh, that that uh, proclamation in faith, it happens. It becomes a reality. And whenever and after each ministry, I'm filled with inspirations and filled with awe for the Lord. But when you when you uh, when you act out of your own emotions and out of your own strength, then you then when you look at somebody who is in pain, the first thing that will come out within you is is pity for that person, because you think about how much pain that they have been living in. And you will also uh, try to minister them out of pity and compassion. And that is deception. People who live in their own worlds are all deceived in this way. They are all deceived into living uh, with their circumstances, with their, uh, or live by their surroundings. How do, you, how do you think we come up with the money to fund all these conferences? Where does the money come from? When we try to calculate how much people are offering this church, it should be impossible for us to hold these conferences. And so that's why every day I'm, I'm, I ask for faith from the Lord. Every day I ask for faith so that I can believe and continue to hold on to the promises of God as I await for Him to fulfill His promises. Well, sometimes it takes time for things to come true. But when you have faith, you will not be shaken in the time of, of, of waiting. So even though these things are unseen and, 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 uh, we can, and not tangible for us, when you have faith, you will be able to continue to hold on to the, uh, the promises of God and stay patient and be able to endure through uh, uh, these difficult times. But people who don't have faith, it is very painful for them to have to wait for the Lord. You know, shaving your head is not the painful part. It's painful for them to not be able to live by faith, not be able to live holding on to the hope of the Lord. People, children of God, should not live like this. Do you understand what it means to move the kingdom of God? No, if America as one nation, when it moves, the whole nation moves according to it. But the kingdom of God is an unsh- unshakable nation. In Second Peter, Second Peter, I think it talks about how the kingdom of God is so great that when it comes upon this land, it's going to tear our reality. So how come you live, you live taking pity on yourself? How is it that you still live according to your situation, your surroundings? So I'm really strongly advising you to live by faith. God has given you glory. And that glory has to start to move and churn within you, especially when you pray. When you pray according to His glory, you will be able to open up the doors of heaven wide to you. So now let's pray. You have to believe in this. Believe in that the Holy Spirit resides within you. In 2 Corinthians 18, God is going to lead you from glory to glory. And and since the glory, the word of the Lord is within you, that means that the glory of God is manifesting, is, is, is radiating from within you. So you have to believe in this in the first place, that God has given you glory and given you holiness. And holiness is the is the radiance of, of the glory of God. And the enemy cannot see the light that is shining from, from the glory within you. 
you know that people will go, humans will go blind by even looking at the light that shines from, from uh, the archangels. But, 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 uh, but the glory of God himself is being, uh, is, is, is being revealed within us. So do you think the enemy can, can look at the light that is shining from us? So we have received this glory from God. So we are able to rest. We, get, we should radiate. We should reveal that glory within us. Let this light shine from us and shine against the enemy especially. Pray by faith. Pray in faith in this time. Come upon us. So, I think some of you are, have are experiencing back pains. It's because uh, the spirit of unbelief is, is surfacing within you. A lot of unbelief is surfacing, and it's a good sign that it is it is surfacing. So, people who are experiencing back pains. That is uh, the spirit of unbelief. So like I said before, this season is not a, a simple season. And now is the season for us to, conclu- to, to conclude this season. And it is, it's time for us to open up a new season of glory. And God is raising up his remnants around the world in this time. So, so in the perspective of the enemy, you guys are also very important to them. Because they know that when you, are, when you stand up, they know that the next generation, they can no longer hold on to the next generation. So that's why we fight against this unbelief. So do not just think we're holding a conference of a couple hundred people in Korea. No, all the remnants around the road, they're not many in numbers, but they are all standing up. Like I said before, 100 people have, 150 people have signed up in Honduras to come to the Israel conference. What, what does that mean? It, it means that God is raising up his remnants around the world. So imagine how much the spirit of unbelief is coming upon us. So we need to fight against the spirit of unbelief. Lord, would you destroy the spirit of unbelief that is present within us, that has hindered us from being able to believe in your promises. Lord, would you completely tear and, 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 and completely remove all unbelief within us so that we can receive everything by faith. Help us not to live, at our, live out of our situation, our surroundings and our conditions anymore. Come powerfully upon us. Let's continue uh, with the sermon. And all of you have to experience the event event of Damascus in this conference. Because you have to realize how precious you are. And how extraordinary this this, uh, nobility is that God has given to us. And once you realize that, you will realize how small and insignificant the world is. No, in the beginning of my faith, uh, once I realized the scale of the Lord, uh, I felt so confident in the Lord that I felt like I can crush this universe in the palms of my hands. And that is the spiritual confidence that I'm talking about, the confidence of faith. And people of God need to live with this confidence. There's no reason for you to be to cower, to, to be oppressed. That is not the image of the children of God. If you live with the Lord, then you will be filled with His his confidence. 
If you believe in the nobility that God has given to you, then you will be able to live like this. The world has nothing to do with you. What can, you, what can man do to you? No, humans are so fragile that if you, if you block their, their nose and mouth for five minutes, they're going to they're gonna die. <clears throat> so the remnants of God need to live with this, this spiritual confidence in the end times. We need to shine. Okay, it's kind of nice that we have we uh, that, 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 that the people who are working the world leave every morning. And because we have less people, we can minister more. And it's a good thing that uh, it's also nice that all of most of you are healthy, so I don't have to call out people who are sick and and broken every every conference, uh, every service to to heal them. Anyways, in this conference, more than anything, there's going to be great deliverance. When your own, when your, when the world that you have constructed starts to fade away, you realize that you have, you are a spiritual army, that you, you are a spiritual warrior of God. And also, you will see the, the the army of the enemy within you, and you have to spit out all this wickedness, all this darkness. One of the, the, the most luxurious food uh, in, in India is they would, they would uh, steam, steam a huge snake. And after they, see, they have steamed the snake, they would cut the belly and they would, actually they would steam a pregnant a pregnant, pregnant uh, snake. So once you steam that 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 snake and you cut open that the tummy of that snake, out uh, you will see a bunch of uh, little hatchlings coming out. So if you steam that snake just a little bit and you cut the belly of that snake, you will see a lot of little baby snakes coming out. And, and eating that is one of the most luxurious and prestigious foods in India. But anyways, when you cut open your stomachs in, in this conference, you have to let all these snakes come out as well. Do not think of it as such a tragedy. Also, uh, people who are possessed, people who are possessed by this uh, this army of, uh, of of demons, you know, the only difference between you and them is for them, people who are uh, who are possessed and acting crazy, is that they're they're possessed, they being possessed has already been surfaced, but the difference between you and them is yours is still uh, being uh, is still residing within. So when, when you have cancer spreading within yourself, the weaker your body is, the weaker your cancer, cancer cells will be as well. And what is the privilege of being a young adult? It's me, you are still young and passionate. And that's why the enemy that is within you is also very uh, fierce and passionate. You know, 
<laughs> the, the, the demons within the old people are also old and powerless. But anyways, all these snakes need to jump out of you uh, in this conference. So now let's look into chapter 2 of Micah. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. I don't think I'll be able to finish it today, but we're going to begin. Maybe we'll just look into verse 1. Let's read. Woe to those who plan iniquity, to those who plot evil on their beds. And morning's light, they carry it out because it is in their power to do it. They cover fields and seize them and houses and take them. And they defraud people of their homes. They rob them of their inheritance. Therefore, the Lord says, I am planning disaster against this people from which you cannot save yourselves. You will no longer walk proudly for it will be a time of calamity. In that day, people ridicule you. They will tell you with this mournful song, we are utterly ruined. My people's possessions is divided up. He takes it from me. He assigns our fields to traitors. Therefore, you will have no one in this assembly of the Lord to divide the land by lot. Do not prophesy their are, are you guys tired? Do not prophesy their do not prophesy their prophets say. Do not prophesy about these things. Disgrace will not overtake us. Your descendants of Jacob, you descendants of Jacob should be should it be said, Does the Lord become impatient? Does he do such things? Do not my words do good to the ones who whose ways are upright? Lately, my people have risen up like an enemy. You strip off the rich robe from those who pass by without a care, like men returning from battle. You drive the women of my people from their pleasant, home, pleasant homes. You take away my blessing from their children forever. Get up, go away, for this is not your resting place, because it is defiled. It is ruined beyond all remedy. If a liar and deceiver comes and says, I will prophesy, I will prophesy for you plenty of wine and beer, that would be just the profit for this people. I will surely gather all of you, Jacob. I will surely bring together the remnant of Israel. I will bring them together like sheep in a pen, like flock in its pastures. The place will throng with people. The one who breaks open the way will go before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Their kings will pass through them, pass through before them. The Lord at their head. Do we have a meeting this afternoon? We have cell groups, so we have to finish quickly. So you will be having several meetings after lunch. And uh, for young adults, you'll be fine without you know, sleeping in the afternoon for a couple of days. So enjoy your lunches and uh, have a good time in your cell groups. And prepare yourselves for the evening service. So the, the structure of Micah, chapter one and chapter two, will be the will be the introduction of of this book, and they talk about the destruction of Israel. The prophets are are great, are great. In BC thirty seven, uh, Micah, prophet Micah here is prophesying about the destruction of Israel. And when the Lord prophesies about the things that are to come, He will He will fulfill those prom- uh, prophecies. So that's why simultaneously we have to be inspired by Him and also have the fear of the Lord within ourselves. When you when you read and receive the word of the Lord, you have to always receive it through the fear of the Lord, and you have to hold this His message with very uh, preciously and be focused in his word. 
and allow the word to, to work in you. And when the word moves, it means the Holy Spirit is moving. And when the Holy Spirit is moving, it means the blood of Jesus is also moving. And these three things help us to become like God. But if you continue to construct your own worlds, you will would, you would not let these three elements move within you. And you will just live as a, a mere human being. And every day you have to know of the nobility that God has given you, of being his children, of being his son, of being his, his heir, his kings. But you have to realize how uh, how how trivial of a life you're living when you when you neglect these things. So think about living without the wisdom of God. But that is probably probably most of you, because if you're living holding on to your cell phones, then you cannot live uh, with the wisdom of God, because revelations will not come to those who hold on to uh, their smartphones. And right now, God is leading us to a new season, and it's very important for us to receive this message. The important thing is not what you can do or not, but that God has called you according to His will. In the beginning of his own ministry, uh, the will of the Lord was not immediately revealed uh, in, in, in uh, this ministry. But during the Honduras conference, the prophet came, pre- prophet came to us, prophesy for us that our, our, our fruits will be multiplied by 30 times. And that a new prophet and new apostles would, would, would be raised in this church. So it wasn't what that prophet said that was important, but, uh, but it was a time of confirmation of what I was praying for up until that point. So that was God, God's sign for me that I was praying for the right things. And right now, we have been, we have been uh, ministering the land of Latin America a lot. But soon, we're going to be reaching, uh, we're going to go to Africa, we're going to go to China. And raise up remnants over there as well. And today, I was very pleased to receive news from Honduras that uh, 150 people have signed up for the conference in Israel. This is a great sign that God is raising up His remnants around the world. And it's going to cost a lot of money for us, but uh, like I said before, God is going to be responsible for everything. How many people are coming from Costa Rica? Where is she? Around 100 people? Really? Oh, 100 people. That, even if we sell everything that we have, I don't think we will have the money to to serve a hundred people. Yeah. And that's already 200 and, 250 people-ish from two countries. And this, and after the Panama conference, I'm sure more people are going to sign up. So Panama, Costa Rica, and Honduras, these three countries are going to be responsible for like like 300-ish people. 
And no, the Israel conference. You, you also have to fund their their uh, pilgrimage around the, the the historical places of Israel. So uh, let's not think about the money and just have faith that God is going to be responsible for all of this. Because we have nothing else to sell anymore. If, uh, if Sister Songja was, you know, just a, ten years younger, I would have have her be married to a Saudi Arabian prince, which would take care of take care of all of all of our financial problems in the future. But anyways. <clears throat> Uh, let's look into verse 1 through 5. And again, this is talking about uh, judgment of the Lord. And his judgment for their riches. Does God hate being rich? No, the, God, the kingdom of God is filled with his abundance. So the, the people of God, the children of God, must also enjoy his abundance because they can receive anything at any time from God. And that is the promise of God. And because I believe in that promise. And that's why God has not limited his works and his abundance through me. And he has always kept his promises for me as well. So being rich itself is not a problem. But possessing that, those riches is the problem. Up until now, the reason why our church couldn't build... Our, 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 our church building is because we, we continue to, to let this money flow from us. We, we keep spending that money for others and that's why we cannot save up to, to build our own church building. And that is the key to not possessing our riches. And if you continue to do so, if you, let, if you do not possess your riches, the Lord is going to give more to you. So possessing it, possessing the riches is the problem. So, as children of God, we should be ashamed of trying to possess our riches. In Mark, out of the four uh, soils, the, 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 the most difficult soil to work with is the soil with greed. So greed is very dangerous when it comes to receiving the gospel of God. The spirit of the world hinders us from receiving the message of God. But when you have the spirit of greed within you, you are unable to bear fruit in your ministry. But anyways, all, all the, the bad soils bring about different, uh, different limitations. The soil of the world makes you reject the Lord. The, spirit, uh, the soil of greed uh, the field of greed will, will, will make you lose your, lose your good things and uh, be unable to, uh, and hinders you from bearing fruit. So people who have greed, their goal is, is possessing things. Having things is, brings them comfort. They need to have things stacked uh, up, up in their household. 
long ago, the, the wife of the, the first lady of first lady of the president of Philippines, Imelda, her, her house was filled with, with various colors of dresses, hundreds of shoes. She doesn't even wear all those shoes and wear all those clothing, but it brings her joy to just possess all these riches. And even hats. You know, you only wear one or two hats uh, in your lifetime. But people who have greed, possessing things is the ultimate goal. But why does God give us? Uh, why does God give us abundance? It is for ourselves. No, it is. It, it is to give others. We have to continue to let it flow to others. It's the same thing with money, and not just money, but anointing, uh, blessings, the gospel, everything. We need to let it flow from us to others. When we think about this in the worldly way, in the secular way. We would think that what, 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 what is given to us is good, and so we should keep it within ourselves so that we can grow and, and become greater. But that's not the way of the Lord. So greed and the world, uh, kingdom of God are completely opposites. Complete opposites. Um, and the reason why the children of God cannot enjoy His abundance and riches is because of greed. What does this mean? If you have greed, you're unable to, you don't know how to use your riches because your goal is to possess things. You cannot let it go. You don't know how to use it. So since you're not using your riches, in the end, you're still poor because you don't know how to, you don't know how to use that money. So the abundance of God means to receive riches from the Lord and letting it and using it for others, using it for the people around you. And the people and people who live by in the kingdom of God, under the kingdom of God, they will make others rich through their service. And to those people, God does not limit his works. And right now our conferences are, are reaching a new level of holiness, a new level of glory every time. And God does not limit His abundance and, and His, and his uh, blessings upon us. And why is that? It is because it is, it, it is a very crucial and, and important season for God to raise up His remnants in this time. So that's why if, you do not, you're, if you're unwilling to give your life for this gospel, then you shouldn't be here. God is restoring the truth in His churches. God is restoring the truth of the early churches as well, uh, in, in our contemporary churches. And I have never compromised that matter when it comes to ministering this, uh, ministering this, managing this ministry. And you, have to be, you have to be thankful that God has raised you to be the protagonist of his, of his current, current storyline of glory. Uh, so uh, verses 1 through 5 talk about the judgment that is going to come upon people, uh, come upon the rich. Should we do this in the afternoon or in the evening? Because time is up. So let's do this in the evening and conclude the sermon here. But instead, we're going to pray. 
Does it bring so much agony for you to listen to my sermons? Why are you so happy about me ending the sermon here? No, you should have desire to listen to this, to this message. Even people in China are like that. Even when we hold three services a day, they will say, Pastor, would you continue to preach for us? Because they have such humble hearts and, they, and these, these uh, chances do not come to them very frequently. Where are, the, where are the piano players? So enjoy your lunch. But we need to pray right now. Uh, no, just, let's just end the service here. Now I have to do according to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. And He's not anointing us in this time right now. So, so uh, enjoy your time in your cell groups. And starting tonight, we're going to be uh, officially looking into the main themes of Michael. And you need to start to fundamentally break away the, uh, your own worlds. And like I said in yesterday, what generation are you? I said, oh, you guys are the generation of smartphones. And the, gen- this, uh, the generation that live without smartphones and the generation living with smartphones are very different because smartphones have allowed, has allowed you, have, have allowed you to build your own worlds around you. So more than any other generation, you are very selfish and very self-centered. You're living in a very tragic uh, and a sad generation. Even my generation, we had, we lived as, as, uh, uh, as, as a community. So, so there was a, a trend of unification because we cared for one another. But in this generation, all that, all that trend has stopped. So one of the most important themes when it comes to living by the kingdom of God is unification. Is, 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 is Jesus abiding in us and we abiding in Him? But now the Antichrist has taken control of this world. As he, as he controls this generation, he has made everybody only focused on themselves, living for themselves. And that's why it has become so easy for the enemy to take control of us. And that's why in the end times, when the Antichrist surfaces, he will be able to uh, conquer the world. And all, all that the enemy is doing right now is creating divisions. And if a division has happened, is, is spreading within the church, then that means that church is plagued. You, know, you divide yourselves amongst personality types. You divide yourselves uh, amongst genders and mindsets and, and philosophies. So the Antichrist is making us focus on, on creating our own riches. And that's the same for the church as well. You know, we never say... We, we never say that one person 
praising the Lord is worship. No, whenever Israel came together in worship, they always they always assembled in numbers. So that's why there cannot be there cannot be individuals in worship. No, people like me who have to preach every week. As soon as I stand on the podium, I can sense the spiritual trend of that week. But when is it most difficult for me? It's when uh, division has seeped into the, the, the congregation during that week. And that worship will be very difficult, difficult for, uh, for me to lead. Because, because people come divided and they cannot receive the anointing of worship. So we can talk about this in many various perspectives. But when it comes to worship, being spiritually sensitive is very important and also being unified in one heart in worship is very important. But how far does this unity, how far does this unity go? You need to go as far as being able to die for your brothers and sisters, being able to die for the people sitting next to you. Because that, there, there, there is where the strength that allows us to overcome the, the Antichrist in the end times will come. If you just live for yourself, then that means you are, you are um, demolishing the strength of the community. We're living in the generation of the two, the two lampstands that is written in Revelations 11. And the two lampstands signify the, uh, the unification of the remnant, of the two remnant communities. So why is God unifying the remnants of Israel and the remnants of the Gentiles? It's because that is the, 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 the glorious form, the appear, glorious appearance of the church in this last age. Wherever we go around the world to hold these conferences, we create unification over there. And that's why we're gathering numbers and gathering power to fight against uh, the Antichrist in the end. If you think, if I'm not affected, then I'm fine, I don't have to do this, then that's, that's, that's a huge misconception. But because you're constructing your own world, you don't realize how deceived you are. So that's why we have to break away the worlds that we have constructed and start to receive the message of God once again. And that is the importance of encountering the event of Damascus. So starting tonight, uh, do not leave uh, right after the uh, service ends. You need to pray and especially you need to repent deeply. God, because God has prepared this, this, this uh, conference in April with, with His anointing, with His presence uh, in mind. So stay and pray. And the main trend, the main ministry of this conference will be deliverance, spiritual deliverance. Like I said before, you need to cut open your stomach and let the snakes, little snakes go. And once you start to do that, you'll realize how much evil has been with, is built up within you. So are you, are you excited?
So starting last year, uh, the young adults of this church has been have, has been working on on escaping self-centeredness and then breaking away the the world, their own worlds that they have uh, surrounded themselves with. So now. I'm sure all the rest of the young adults from Zoe Ministry are also going through the same things. So now, now in this conference, it is important for you to see yourselves clearly and get rid of the, the boundaries that you have set and receive the glory of God fully without any limitations. And I believe that will happen in this conference. So enjoy your lunches and receive grace in your uh, cell group meetings. Hallelujah. Let's turn all the glory to the Lord as we conclude the service.